0: Welcome to the Ropewalker podcast. My name is Trey Burns. I'm an artist and former resident at 100 West in the spring of 2019. I'm also the producer of Ropewalker. Today, we're in conversation with resident and painter Francisco Moreno and Dr. Benjamin Lima. Dr. Lima is a Dallas-based art historian and the editor of the Athenaeum Review, the University of Texas at Dallas's Journal of Arts and Ideas. Moreno and Lima have had a long working relationship which evolved from an essay that Lima wrote about Francisco's piece, Chapel, an arched structure embellished with collage-like murals, which was recently acquired by the Dallas Museum of Art. Moreno and Lima start the conversation here, talking about their shared project of reading Enrique Krause's Mexico, Biography of Power, A History of Modern Mexico. As always, you can learn more about Francisco Moreno and our guest, Dr. Benjamin Lima, on our website, CorsicanaResidency.org. And with that,
1: let's jump right in. Well, I'm Ben Lima and I am an art historian and critic. Um, And I've known Francisco for a few years now and I've had the pleasure of working with him previously on writing an essay for his chapel project. Um, I wrote this essay and in exchange, I got this amazing painting which uh, Francisco delivered to me and we sat down and had a beer and talked and we were just talking about art and everything and I heard a little bit about what he's working on and, and we just we just sort of kept um, meeting and talking I mean partly over zoom but uh, exploring ideas and hearing about what he's up to and I, I guess that was I guess it was your yeah. idea to
2: do this this book yeah. so yeah we're reading uh, Enrique Krauss's Mexico biography of power I had it for like two years now, so intimidated by it and uh, Ben said like well we'll read it together and just see where the conversation goes and
0: so where are you guys at in it now I mean it's a big book it's like <laughs> it's like 900 pages or something
1: yeah i think the the book as a whole is is more weighted towards the more more modern history so the the first third or so goes through kind of um, a few centuries like pretty pretty efficiently and and so we we made it through that and we got we've, we've more or less gotten to kind of the from the revolution and the decades after the revolution, kind of the series of people who come up as, uh, as politically important and like all the twists and turns of the revolutionary era, I guess. So we're, we, have, we have a ways to go and I've, I've been by, he's, he's ahead of me, so I'm, I'm behind, but. <laughs> so Ben,
0: you wrote this essay about the original chapel. Right, So yes. like, what, how did you guys connect over that? Like why, what, what brought you to this project?
1: Well, I mean, we, so we had, we, I mean, what, we'd known each other for a few years and we'd
2: been in touch, but
1: actually, yeah, I, I don't know how did we, I mean.
2: I think uh, I, I wanted to do a book and like, I think maybe this came from, um, when I worked at the Wachowski collection and, um, they would make catalogs for exhibitions and, uh, I also worked in the library. So I looked at a lot of catalogs and I realized that, oh, like, this is a really good way and I, and I, and I worked in education. So like, so I, I began to understand the importance of like an educational component. Like you can't always be there to help people understand the art. And like, this was when I would like stand in front of like contemporary masterpieces and I'd be giving a tour. And when I was at the collection, I'd be giving a tour of, of the collection. And like, you'd really have, like I realized the importance of education and creating a conversation, creating a context for people to consume or take in this art. this art. Um, So that's when I was like, oh, I'm going to do this chapel, like it's a big undertaking. I want to have a kind of a takeaway that people can read this, they kind of learn about the art, It can give it layers, um, and hopefully keep the conversation going. Because I think that's what, at the end of the day, that's what I think an artist, I think artists want, an artist wants to make the thing, and then they want to share it, you know? And I think like, what better way to share it than with like a really beautifully written
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, what was some of the, like, what was some of the meat of that essay? Like, what were you kind of exploring in it?
1: Um, Well, I think, um, well, we talked, I mean, just, just to start off, like, the whole question of why, why a chapel? um, And the, like, your visit to, like, seeing like being in the in the Prado and then there's I guess in the in the cloisters in New York I mean just just the sense of like what what is it about this kind of um structure that is appealing um to to like what would what would draw someone to to create one of these um and and have it as part of this kind of modern art experience um so, so we kind of talked a little bit about the context of what a chapel is. Um, and then, um, I, you know, I guess in a kind of art historian type of way, we went through some of the kind of um, references or um, I mean, some of what we're talking about a minute ago, the, um, the, the relation of modern art to tradition or the relation of Self self expression to kind of everything that's out there that you absorb through collage um, and uh, I, I tried to I mean tried to kind of go on a a little tour of um, the uh, like if if you're if you're inside it kind of what do you see going around but but it's funny now that we've been talking about this I realize that I mean you've talked about how your your process and your approach has certainly evolved from that time. And I'm, now I'm trying to remember because I feel like I'm absorbed right now in, in what you're up to right now. And I'm trying to remember how was it? What were you doing back then? Um, it's like faded a little bit in my mind by this yeah. point, but but maybe you remember more. How oh, I, was I mean,
2: I um I was just looking through a lot of images and like picking what felt right. You know, so I commend Ben a lot because I think he had to decode the chaos that I was presenting before him. And now I think we're working off a a timeline or like we're working off source material, it's still not super concrete. But like I think it is, we are kind of referencing an idea here, as opposed to like me just like going like, oh yeah, I'm just I'm I was looking at this book and then I was looking at this other thing that I feel like has no connection to this other thing and just kind of putting them together because I feel like there's some. I mean, I was really like I think I felt like like almost like a a sign like a like a visual scientist without a plan
0: and this is like a w- way a lot of artists work is like you take in so much you draw it in yeah. you draw it in. it's like and you put it in this black box yeah and then you start outputting things and you don't necessarily like you've forgotten all the things you put in and then you kind of remember as you're working like right I mean is that how do you recognize yourself in that
2: absolutely and like um you know I was telling Ben earlier I was reading um there's just a lot of quotes that I have here and I can read them out loud to you, but I guess I'll try to like comp- condense it. Like, I, I feel like we're trying to understand our reality. It's like the way that we see, right? And like, so when we have, an, when we have a subject matter that we're trying to make art about, we're trying to make it art about, like we're trying to e- explain it as true to us as possible because if we can get to that truth, I think that's where the most power is, right? And like, it might not be like, scientific or journalistic truth but it might be like a personal truth an intimate truth an honest truth and I think that's where like for me the most powerful work is created and when I'm reading these this book I'm I feel like I'm absorbing it right now and I feel like this is a lot of like colonial to contemporary history so like I, I really need to learn pre-colonial Mexican history. I feel like that's important for me to have a larger understanding. And contemporary like I don't I don't know much about contemporary history either. So like right now I feel like it's really much time period and I think as we we as I read more, as we have more wonderful discussions, I feel like I'll be able to calibrate a lot of history. So I think right now I'm just taking it in and I feel like that's interesting in and of itself, but I'm still like, like, like you said, yeah. taking it all uh, in.
0: What was that quote about the, the, the writer you said earlier? It was like, I write it to...
1: Right, I shouldn't, I mean, like, I, I it was just like a passing remark in this talk, but, um, yeah. but Hal Foster, um, his new book, oh, I think it's called Brutalist, it's about these post-war painters like, in Europe, like Asker Jorn and Eduardo Paolozzi, um, and he just said in passing that when people ask him how he, how he can produce so many books or be so productive, he said that his answer is something like, well, if there's something that's bothering me, I basically go and write a book about it. And then it becomes like, then it's someone else's problem and then it'll bother them or something like that. <laughs> so.
0: The Corsicana Artist and Writer Residency is a community-funded, nonprofit organization supporting the production of art and literature and historic sites in Corsicana, Texas. Find out who's currently in the studio on our website, CorsicanaResidency.org. Right now we're talking to Dallas-based painter and December 2020 resident Francisco Moreno about Mexican history, contemporary painting, and the making of his second chapel, tentatively called the Chapel of the Americas. So let's talk about what, we're, what you're working on here. You're, you're working on these huge paper pieces. Um, like this is preparatory. Right. Do you think of them as preparatory or, do you, or are you thinking of them as something else?
2: You know, it's, it's interesting because I feel like maybe, not to sound pedant- pedantic, but like I feel like I'm I'm forever preparing for something. I don't quite know what it is. Like even like, like I think, uh, <clears throat> it's like.
0: Uh, uh, I was just trying to segue into like you're gonna make a new chapel, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: So yes, you know, it's funny because I keep like that's that's why Ben and I started talking. So there's just yeah. like maybe this is just me, my faulty as a human being. Like, and like I, it's funny because I, I talk myself out of out and in, of. My life, like I'm like constantly like do this. I'm like yeah, that sounds great. Then like a like a week later, like that sounds like a horrible idea. Like yeah, don't do that. And then like a month later, like why are you doing that thing that was really good? Like oh yeah, you, you talked yourself out of it. And um, I feel like that's I feel like making this new chapel is uh, I'm like collecting courage points, you know. And I feel like these works are ho- are are showing me the courage. I'm like sowing courage seeds, to 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 then reap courage points. Does that make sense? So like, I think um, I I'm trying. Like I mean, for example, one of the things about working large is like, how do these narratives? How do these mythological figures? How how do you tell a story on a larger scale? And like most importantly, how does your body feel like when you're standing next to these things? You know, because something that i've been thinking a lot about is like i'll draw something small but then i'll draw it big and like the way that your body feels next to this large drawing is completely different than it would on a smaller scale and, that, and that's where the visionary comes in
1: i thought i thought that with the chapel um that it was a uh, um, well maybe you, maybe you could maybe you could talk about it because it's it was it's not meant to be literally a kind of religious space, the way those medieval models were. And yet physically in terms of its shape, like it certainly echoes that. So how would you describe the kind of relation to those models?
2: Right, so, and um, this is maybe just my naive self bouncing through the world. Um, when I saw, the, uh, the Capilla de la Veracruz de Madruelo in the Prado in Madrid. Uh, it was a. It's a chapel. It's a murals, uh, frescoes from 900 years ago, and uh, they they transferred the frescoes onto canvas in like 19, 1950s and reinstalled it in 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 the Prado, and then they had like. A lighting company lighted it and then they actually had like the arrow slit window lit from the back so you're, you're like walking through a gallery and then there's like an arched doorway and you walk in and now you're in this chapel and i was yeah. just blown away by yeah. uh and it's funny because it is a 900 year old work but it had been modified yeah. like it was no longer that piece it was now this i think it was accidentally a contemporary art work yeah. You know, and that like it had been recontextualized. Simulated, like yeah. a simulated sort of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, it was interesting because like they wanted to transport you. It's, it reminds me a lot of the Reeves collection actually at the Dallas Museum of Art, you know, in, in a weird way. It's like trying to recreate something. Um, with that said, like it was...
0: You talk that, about that Reeves collection a little bit. <laughs> Like I mean, uh,
2: I feel like I don't. I mean, it. Well, sorry, you I mean, these
1: these these collectors, um, the Wendy and Emory Reeves, said, "We'll give to, to the museum. We'll give you our collection." But the the what you have to do is literally recreate these rooms in our house and hang the works the way they were hung in our collection. So so you, what it's like you walk in and it's they've reconstructed essentially like. These rooms from the the villa of that of the Reeves uh, family. And where and, was
0: that original villa? It was. Uh,
1: uh, what was it? Um, it was in I Paris, I think. Not Paris, in, the, the, in yeah. France. Yeah, in France. Yeah. Um, so. So I guess the, your sense of what the individual works are is. Is is sort of. Uh, what's the word? Uh, um, like almost <laughs> swallowed up by, by your sense of like being in, in these people's space. And what people, what what everyone always notices is that, like it actually makes it hard. Like there are works that you can't actually look closely at because they're kind of up on this wall and you can't really get there and you can only see it from a
2: distance. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, what's... Oh, um, but I guess what I'm saying is like, it's like, de- like it's this weird experience that's decontextualized and then reintroduced in a different place and um so it's sort of egomaniacal
0: like they just like like destroyed all that artwork by like forcing it to be in this one context
2: right no it's a shame because there's some amazing paintings in that collection and you can't walk up and see them but at the
0: same time i went and saw the the peggy guggenheim museum and uh and and i thought that it was a weird because they took her house they gutted it and they made it into a museum and, but then you saw images throughout the museum of how her house used to look and where the work was. And it was better. You know what I mean? It was, oh, like, it, it was like a way better, it was like a way better installation or whatever. So it's like, I guess it could go both ways.
2: <laughs> I mean, the, the, it would be cool if you could walk up, like the, I guess the, 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 there are rugs. I have no idea, I'd, I'm, I'm guessing, but like you can't, well, there's a lot of precious objects, yeah. you know? So like, I think to protect everything in the room, um, you just can't walk in. You can't really step over or walk around objects to see paintings. And you know, any good painter is going to go up to a painting within as many inches as they can before they get yelled at by an art guard, <laughs> um, and they should be yelled at by the <laughs> art guard. And I appreciate and respect all the art guards that are doing their job because I used to do that as well. But you know, you want to look at those paintings up closely. You know, so um, it's it's difficult. But to segue back into Chappie <laughs> Chapel. Um, I walked in and saw like they transferred all the canvases onto panels. To, to and then I was like, oh, like units. I can do units. I can break it down. And like and then my brain was able to break it down. And and then um, and then I was like, you know, th- this would be a cool thing. Cause to be honest, I hadn't experienced anything in contemporary art. And I feel like I you know studied contemporary art for a bit and I'd seen a lot of shows. I hadn't seen anything like that. I think the chapel was in a sense that project. I was like, oh I want I don't understand this. It's, it's amazing, like what happens if I do something similar. Yeah. You know? But 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 I get, it's not gonna be similar because it we're like it's almost a thousand years apart. Yeah. You know?
1: But I mean, I know this is super obvious but, but something that something about the chapel. I was I was thinking, well the way the the, the sense the sense that you have of, of just simply being, being surrounded uh, by by a work of art. Well, like if we look at, say, like Yayoi Kusama's infinity rooms, those are ridiculously popular, and like people people love that experience of kind of being everywhere. But, but again, to state the obvious, like she's that's not it's not painting. Like she's she's created this this immersive experience um, that's really cool. But but she's not she's not like painting the surfaces at all. So the combination of um, of being surrounded like so that your entire field of vision even if you like turn around you're you've got you're literally inside the work of art well that exists for other contemporary artists but but the combination of that plus it being this very rich detailed painting i mean i think that's that's pretty unusual and uh and i, I just thought like well that's a great great thing to have done that's the combination of those two things
0: yeah I like, uh, <laughs> it's one of the things about, um, I don't even know how to word this, but there's like um, a funny thing that you're doing that is about, beyond the art, and that it's like an insistence on placing it within the canon, like physically, like you are, you are doing a chapel you are using our historical references, you're working with an art historian <laughs> yeah. to write the essay. Like, right, right. talk to me about this. Like, there's like a strategy in a way right. to this, to get your ideas into the world,
2: you right. know? Well, I realized that when I, when I did the, my earlier project, uh, the WCD project, the, which is short, stands for Washington Crossing Delaware, in which I recreated no, sorry, I created my own version of the painting. Um, And like, I was like, oh, this idea is so cool. Like, I'm gonna, somebody like, I was fresh out of grad school. And I was like, I I just got a really expensive graduate degree um, from a good school. Um, And uh, someone's gonna just give me a lot of money to make art. That's how it works, right? (laughs) Uh, And then I realized that that's not how it worked. Um, for a while, I realized that no one's gonna do anything for me. um so I was like, well, I'll do it myself like I mean, at the end of the day I, I think Thomas Edison when he told people about the light bulb. like I, I i was reading a lot of like motivational things, and maybe this is just a conglomerate of everything I read, but they were like, if you do ninety nine percent of the work, it's really easy to get somebody to do that one percent, mm-hmm. you know, so like i why? Like, I, I know a great art historian, you know, like, I I can build this structure, like, I can, these are things that are very interesting to me, like, I mean, I, I was totally aware that, like, this thing would probably end up in a storage unit, but, like, I wasn't doing those things to, like, have them work their way into, like, the yeah. canon, you know, I think I did them because I wanted to, and I... Well, if no one's gonna do it, for me, I might as well do it myself. Well,
1: when, like we were talking about a minute ago, if,
2: like when earlier generations
1: of artists were thinking about their predecessors and so forth, um, I think it, it was it was so much more uh, typical. Like, like just the example that you discovered as a citizen art historian of Goya and Tiepolo. Um, I'm pretty sure it was it was completely normal to say like okay, i'm like i'm you know this is this is this whole tradition, and I'm like building on it and doing this thing. and um, I, I'm just saying, i guess from the from like the long long point of view, like looking looking back to history it's it seems totally it makes total sense that you would be l- l- thinking about art history in this way and I mean, the fact that maybe more people don't do that at this moment is, I mean, it's maybe it's too bad in a way. Um, but I guess I'm just saying like, it's to me, like thinking historically, like it it makes perfect sense that you would have these, that you're thinking about these things and wanting to make these connections. Like, of course, why wouldn't you?
0: (laughs) I mean, I mean, I think in painting in general, like now there's a hyper reference to like this, this is from this, and this is from this. I'm like mashing all these styles. Right,
2: and well, like I would say, I think that, and this is kinda like the dirty little secret that I think gets me along and gets me moving, is that at the end of the day, it's like when you go see the Sistine Chapel, like you don't, yeah, yes it'd be great to know the creation of man and all the stories, but like you could walk in there, not know a single thing walk out not know a single thing and still feel a sense of wonder and i think like with graduate school i think we we tend to over over explain things don't get me wrong i think it's important to talk about them i'm not trying to dismiss that i think these conversations that we have right now are really wonderful I think it's really important to talk about. And I think for us, the Yeah, it's the somebody's specialists, job. <laughs> absolutely. And the specialist, it's really good, but like, yeah. I think like Ben was talking about the general population, I think like yeah. there is a sense of wonder that like, like when you stand in front of something and it's just, there's something, there's some aura to it. Like you, it's kind of almost undeniable. Like it, And like, you could just give a title and kind of barely skim the surface. And like, I think it's important for the artists to really think through these things and make something of quality and beautiful and, and, and talk to, you know, really intelligent people that like help them guide, guide them through this like super dark forest. But like, I think like, um, I think the general audience is just needs, they're going to have a quick takeaway. So like, what is that quick takeaway for the work and how, how, how does that, I think like the, uh, Alain de Bouton, the, the philosopher, says like we need, like he speaks a lot about the human condition. He says that like, we need regular reminders of what exceeds us. Like, yeah. And I think like, how can, I guess the question that I, that I think drives me is like, how can I remind me that there's something larger than myself? Mm-hmm. And like, how can my work do that to other people? Like, I am going to fail at telling this history of Mexico. Like, there is no way I'll ever to be able to do that. Diego Rivera, he, in a sense, never, I mean, there, there, there's, he had um, his own vision of it, which was, and, and like Orozco has his own, had his own vision, and Siqueiros had his own vision, and they're not all gonna be truly honest, right? Um, so like, I truly believe that once I accepted that, I was gonna fail at telling an honest, scientific, journalistic truth. I think I could, maybe my, my ambition, my attempts to tell these stories could be that reminder of the things that exceed us.
0: Next month on Rope Walker, we'll be talking to award-winning playwright and dramaturg, Kate Mulley, about religion, sex, and female rage in her latest play about the life of 17th century Puritan Anne Hutchinson. So if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. And also sign up for our monthly newsletter featuring updates, meditations, and marginalia from residency life in Corsicana. Find out more on our website, CorsicanaResidency.org.